everybody, and welcome to Plat Shadow Watch episode 77. Episode 77. That's right, 77. Episodes. Your bingo announcer. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. yeah. Episode 77. Due to some scheduling conflicts, we haven't been able to get Matt in in person, mm. but we do have this wonderful app representation of him. Everyone always uses that image, and mm. I think it's wonderful. It's the greatest image ever. Yes. Yes, it, it, it's, I mean, there's a reason people Beautiful. use this all the time. Yeah, I mean, he looks like a, he looks lost. He looks like a rodent. There is no well. thought behind his eyes. <laughs> yeah. He is a lost man. <laughs> How old was he then? Was I, that like him, his 25-year-old self? Like no, the, like I, us? he can't have been 25, man. There's no way. Was this when he was on the controller? Oh, yeah, he was on the sticks. Yeah, 100% like, the, he's the, on the, the sticks. No, the, the show called The Controller. The reality TV show. Didn't even know that was a thing. Didn't even know that was a desert. Because I think you know, it was like twenty-three. I think. There's no way that man is in his twenties. There's not a chance. He's in his twenties. Wait, yeah. do you think that's like thirty-one? Or are no, you I'm crazy? saying he's younger, mate. I'm saying he's, he's younger. 20s, I, think. <laughs> I think he's in his twenties. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's absurd. That hairstyle can't have been acceptable for twenty-year-olds. He's, he's an old guy. He is an old guy, yeah. If this he was, was early 2000s. He was doing esports before most people had even yeah, started playing video games. games. We don't need to get into it. He's, he's, he's here in spirit. In spirit. In spirit for this What one. are we doing today, Bren? <clears throat> well, um, we... Slow news day. You yeah. know? Not much going on on the horizon. There's some rumors about the Valiant. Yeah, We'll wait until there's something more concrete about okay. it, you know, right. because right. also that's like crossing into the team preview stuff. And it like is. You don't it want to is. cross the content stream. The Mayhem is going for a road trip. Yeah, yeah. You that's know, cool. That, that is quite cool. That is quite cool. But instead, we're going to be taking a dip down memory lane once again. Uh, <laughs> we, we didn't get a pro player this time. It was too short notice to get a pro player on for this kind of event. But we're going to look back in time around this time, uh, this week, two years ago, three years ago. Years ago. Three years ago, mate. Three years ago. God, it's been that long. Uh, 2018, the San Francisco Shock ended up facing off against the Shanghai Dragons. Uh, and this is not the Shanghai Dragons that you know nowadays. This is not the San Francisco Shock that you know nowadays. This is two very, 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 very different teams. But we figured we'd do a preview of the 2021 Grand Finals <laughs> with, this, uh, with this episode of, uh, of the Overwatch uh, Plat Chat. So, uh, you couldn't get more different. Mate, if this actually does become the 2021 Grand Finals, if we genuinely do have mm -hmm. the Shock versus Shanghai, which it yep. could be a possibility, you will never see a more different match than the one you're about to witness. No, I don't even remember the meta at this point in time either. But It's got to be Moth meta, if hasn't we can, it? If we can pull up the, uh, the clip, we're going to look back, or the video, I should say. Here it is. Stage 1, Week 1, Day 3. Johnny, uh, we'll have to sync you up. I don't know what the time yeah. is. <laughs> it, it, we're good. Oh, my God. Look at us. Wow. All on the desk. I oh, my so, word. Look at my arms. Look how skinny look I pose. am as well. Wearing that white shirt. Look at you. You got oh, hair. I actually remember this because yeah, they, they, they we used to um, force us to wear these kind of like pastel shirts or whatever. And I'd have so many of those shirts and I hated them. Because they were yeah. so, just so boring. And I was like, hey, we're going to put you in this like elementary school dress shirt thing. And I was like, I don't want to look like I'm 12. I like, was you know, not I ready to... for the Overwatch League. <laughs> <laughs> I was not ready for the Overwatch League. You look yeah. at me and I see I see someone who isn't even green yet. There's still a seed. Arguably more different <laughs> still... than Shock and Shanghai at this point. Yeah, I mean I I mean at least I've got a fresh trim, fresher than my current one, but yeah, I 
I just was not ready at all. Who but did we predict in this game? People have got a big meme about you always predicting Shanghai in yeah. 2018. I'd love for someone to actually run the numbers and find out how many times you did predict Shanghai. I feel like it was less than five. I think it was overplayed. Yeah, I think it was overplayed a lot. But you well, did you love predict Shanghai, I think, more than everybody else. But it was still not that many times. Yeah. Oh, Monty um, Dart. Wait, what so, was the predictions, though? I don't know. Maybe we weren't uh, doing predictions at this point in the season. Yeah, maybe not. This, this was, by the way, this was the fourth match that Shanghai ever played in the Overwatch League. So they were 0-1-3, tough start, you know, <laughs> probably seen some bad performances, but I don't think people realize just how shitty Shanghai was at this point. And look at this lineup. I mean, look at this lineup. Whoa! Bro, I can already see. I mean, listen, we've already latched onto the algorithm. You put Sleepy in the title. We've, <laughs> sold, we've done it. We've done it. We've done it. We've beaten it. We've beaten the YouTube algorithm. This, uh, yeah, that team is unbelievable. Look at this one here. Undead. Wow. Undead. Roshan. Roshan. Dude. Roshan recently, we were looking at this match on over.gg. Roshan has changed his name to Rubik. Yeah, Rubik. He's Another just picked... Dota character. Yeah. He, he's just, he was named after the Dota... Has he gone into witness in protection the... after what he did in these matches? <laughs> <laughs> Altering free feel. Tons of great players on this lineup here. Wow. And yeah, the, uh... I mean, you know, the Los Angeles Valiant, we talked about a little bit at the beginning of this episode, are going to try and make a full Chinese team, presumably, to come into next season. And this is what a lot of people are going to think about. The, is this the first year first the year, of the Shanghai Yeah, Giants. first year Shanghai. Because even though we've had like really successful Chinese teams and players yeah. in Chengdu and half of the Spark, they're like first pick players. Whereas Valiant don't, Valiant don't have access to first pick or even second pick really because they've gone to like they've been spread between mm -hmm. the Chinese franchises. And, I mean, oh, it's going to be interesting. It is going to be so interesting. But no team will ever, ever, ever be as bad as this first Shanghai Dragons team because the people, the players have just gotten better. The players have just improved. Never like no say one, never, Josh. no, 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 never no, no, say no, no, never. No. Unless, well, also, I mean, people forget, but these weren't even the best Chinese players at the time. Yeah, they, they were just p picked up by like the second or third best Chinese team because the best team was Miraculous Youngsters. Yeah, and like none of them got picked up. For, it, for, the only like the, for the only Chinese franchise. It was like nepotism with U4, wasn't it? Something like that. Like, there was some like allegations of that stuff, yeah. Uh, who I think U4 is now one of the... Co is it a coach for Hangzhou? Yeah, one of the, yeah, he came back as one of the yeah. coaches for the Spark after being just... He had a terrible reputation after I mean, this mate, year if he, with Shanghai. If he was able to come back after that. Oh, uh, sorry, with, yeah, with Shanghai, yeah. I mean, there's, 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 there's hope for us all. There's hope for us all, yeah. There really there is. That, that, uh, you, you truly cannot like, like that was such a huge scandal like we, we don't really talk about it anymore for obvious reasons but like holy shit like some of those chinese players at the time got cheated out of this shanghai dragon spot so bad yeah, like yeah, i remember yeah. how 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 much people rated uh late young at the time of like his story play on miraculous youngsters miraculous youngsters yeah. they were so good like they were really were because the chinese region at the time People looked down on them. They had been historically super bad in Overwatch, you know, entire competitive history. And then Miraculous Youngsters came around and, like, really changed that. And, like, we hadn't had the chance to, like, really see them play at an international level yet. So, like, people were so pumped, like, oh, my God, Miraculous Youngsters are going to be great. And then all these guys picked up. God bless them. <laughs> but, like, they just weren't as good. And, like, people at the time, I think, they looked at Shanghai's Dragons roster and was like, okay, well, 
none of the Miraculous Youngsters players got picked up. Which probably means that th this roster is better. We, we yeah. were so wrong. Yeah, that's what people kind of naively <laughs> thought. Why is this Valorant player doing in my Overwatch League games? <laughs> flanking on undead and getting kills on him when they're entirely unaware of it. It must be. Imagine, okay. You know, like, there's that um, that fantasy that people have where if I, if I could go back in time with all my memories, I'd yeah, you know all yeah. the things I do differently. Imagine if we sent a current year Overwatch League player to these matches. Oh. It would be like an invasive species that would come <laughs> in and just obliterate. Because these Widowmaker players are getting away with murder. Yeah, they like are. Like actual murder. I, I actually don't think they would be like an invasive species, though. I think if you send any one, just one player, right? Just one player, pick anyone you like, and you put them, you put them in a time warp and ask them to play in Owl 2018, they would mauled. Because yeah. the the understanding from their teammates wouldn't be good enough to punish the stuff that they're seeing their opponents get away with. You know, they'd, they'd just be assuming that they can do things because their teammates are going to help them or cover them or punish their opponents when they make mistakes. And they just wouldn't be. I think people would get crazy frustrated. Yeah. By the way, I'm playing the triple DPS comp with a solo Mercy, which you could do at this yeah, point in time yeah. because... Mercy uh, had the double res. Which actually kind of came back in vogue for the 2018 playoffs as well. Mm -hmm. Solo Mercy came back for that point. Um, and the, the flex support ended up moving over to Hog. And you had like triple tank with two DPS. Oh, and here a, we go. And a Roshan switched to the Winston. I this loved watching Roshan, Roshan's this Winston. This is it. Hello. Oh, I'm dead. Yeah, Ro the, the whole thing, there was like... There were two camps on the Roshan Winston one saying oh my god what is he doing he's feeding relentlessly <laughs> and the other camp that said you four told him to play like this to make space for undead and Roshan is just the unfortunate the sacrificial line. yeah the fraggy like casualty yeah. of how this team plays I uh, yeah I I think we like I I mean we memed on Roshan but with the with the benefit of hindsight I mean the guy I feel like he wasn't set up really to succeed bad. in this team in his life. Okay, that's where you were going with it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, there were tons of ways you could have finished that sentence, Brent. So I took a, I took a stab at it. I don't think it was well, the right one. But. I wasn't going to say, well, I think he was actually really underrated. But that was not what I was going to say. But I definitely don't think he was in the right structure to even have a good season. No. Shanghai was so out of their depth. I mean, to people who joined the league as fans in 2019... Do not understand what a statistical anomaly no, they don't. the Shanghai Dragons were. I mean, it was they, absurd. This team could not exist in any of other the other esports titles because there was no franchising at the time. Like Overwatch League was the first real franchised esport. And League of franchising? No, League was later with franchising than Overwatch League was. And um, they, they, normally you would just get relegated mm -hmm. like months earlier, and instead. This team was just allowed to survive, and I don't know. It I mean, it's the argument against franchising. <laughs> yes, it's it was the, like it was like. Have you ever heard the tale of Prometheus, where he gets strapped to a rock and has his liver plucked out every day, and yeah, it just grows yeah, back? Yeah. And that was his eternal punishment for helping <laughs> for helping humanity and giving them fire. Uh -huh. Well, that is what it felt like watching the Shanghai Dragons. Every day they would sit there and have their liver plucked out. They knew they were going to lose. All of the teams were desperate not to be the first team to lose to Shanghai. That's actually quite cool. By Zushu. Yeah, Zushu going for the um, 
The just, push, oh, come just, on. I mean, come that was, on, mate. That was Diamond like premium were doing tech that in 2018. It was. That was like premium tech. If somebody did that, you could you could 0.25 that, throw it up on the big screen, yeah. and point it out, and you'd be like, yeah, I mean, that was really cool. Yeah. Oh, come on. That, that, that was like stuff that you saw on the official Overwatch Reddit, like 2017. Come on. <laughs> no, for real. Like, you could... That you was could 2018, man. That was 2018. It was, that was this world in 2018. No. Um, okay. And slowly... Well, Piece by piece, you understand how I was an analyst in 2018 <laughs> on the Overwatch League product. Mate, I remember like Emong streaming D.Va back then. And like people were like, he's so educational. And it's like pushing these bombs down the <laughs> down the bridges and stuff. And I was like, whoa, holy uh, shit. I haven't no, seen someone. Like, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to go back with the Shanghai Dragons. Like, go on. <laughs> it, it, it feels like shit because they were also one of the teams that practiced the most because they realized... But like they were so bad and didn't they like just grind relentlessly like they probably got burnt out and played even worse because they practiced so much like they were practicing like 12 14 hours a day yeah. they came there earliest to the arena to practice and they left the latest in like middle of the night mm -hmm. and like it was terrible that the only way you like all you need to know about how statistical of an outlier they were they were literally featuring them on espn comparing to traditional sports and they had the worst losing record like compared to all other major sports espn was highlighting this that's how bad they were like truly there is no sport parallel to the shanghai dragons because they were so bad unbelievable yeah, the, the weird thing is though in in sports because there's so many more there's i feel like sports themselves are very variable human performance varies massively from day to day and just the way that sports are played, there's so many extra degrees of freedom in like how a human body moves compared to a, a, a hero where you can only press like three buttons and that's that's the range of movement you have. Sports do have like an every any given Sunday kind of thing. Like once you get to a certain level, there is a bit of like any given Sunday a team can win. In Overwatch, you have like I don't even know what you have like maybe a hundred team fights. That's a lot of different... It's, it's, it's like you have to be consistent over a range of time that is really quite long in order to have any shot of winning. Mm -hmm. There is no any given, any given Sunday in most esports because it's played out over, like in CS, over 30 rounds or in Overwatch, over 20 team fights for a map. And, and that is... It's so hard to, like, luck your way into winning a bunch of them in a row mm -hmm. to be able to to win against an opponent. You have to I'm not saying consistent. it never happens, but you the the variability is so much lower in most esports than it is in sports. Still, I mean, for how undead the uh, like they had some things going for them, and they could just never put it together. I think it just I I sort of agree with what you're saying, but like the fact they couldn't win one, yeah, yeah, that it, like, it, it is kind of crazy. I mean, it came close. Oh, that Florida Mayhem match, Bren? Yeah. It was me wow. and you on the desk. You desktop, and me were going crazy. It's so memorable because we were so invested in the match. Like, yeah. we were hugging and, like, going crazy <laughs> on the desk because, like, it was madness. The arena was, like, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, because we thought this was it. This was it. Yeah. Then, the, then the, the game ended and the players were crying, and I was like, oh, Jesus. And honestly, <laughs> what I think we've kind of, you know, we've been talking and setting the general scene, but that point C defense was not terrible. No. Like the, both of those teams were so early on. a bit scrappy and all over the place. But yeah, like that's the thing. They gave you glimmers. They didn't just get destroyed in every map. 
Some of the maps that they played, they won. Some of the maps they played were close losses. Yeah. But they could never put it together for a whole match. I think it became a self-fulfilling prophecy at some point. Mm. The more they lost, the more likely it was that they were going into have lost because of the pressure building. Yeah. The inevitable pressure. And how much their opponents desperately wanted to win. Yeah. What is this? What is this? Why are they I looking at the Florida Mayhem? It's like a throwback. Dabosai, <laughs> there he is. What is this? Yeah, I don't know I what don't this know. is. I'm not listening either. Maybe the, maybe they're talking about Nevix because Nevix used to play with that team. I don't know. No, I turned on the casters and Doa and Monty were like, oh, there's some Florida Mayhem. We don't know what's happening <laughs> oh, here. It's, <laughs> it's just a production problem. Yeah. Blizzard Arena was, a, was, a, was pretty great. This team as well, the San Francisco Shock, what a turnaround for both of these organizations, both yeah. of these I mean, franchises. You've got, yes, you got early on, I mean, you've got this... I think the shock had a bit going for them early on, whereas with Shanghai, there was just minimal hope. But, yeah, I mean, if you look at where they are from here, from this point, to where they are now, it's absurd. I mean, the shock are, what, back-to-back -back champs. Shanghai Dragons coming close to the championship title this year. I mean, it's just an absurd turnaround. Yeah, and, and both teams did it in different ways too. Shanghai completely just got, got rid of their roster and picked up a whole new roster uh, and then actually did the exact same thing again in 2020. Like they, they picked up a full Korean roster in 2019, did pretty well, made stage finals, um, won a stage as well to beat the San Francisco Shock, but then they just replaced their entire roster again for 2020 and then got even better again. Well, Shock, it was slow and over time they, they replaced players and got got more and more into it um you know they they already had at this point super and sinatra who a lot of people were really excited about right now on the bench so you knew that this wasn't the final iteration of the shock when they were playing these early games in march yeah. all the hype i mean those two players as well the um the huge moment though in san francisco shock history it's like yes you have super and sinatra waiting in the wings turning of age but also Krusty becoming available from the Boston Uprising yeah. after the season. Because yeah. Krusty was so important and striker for Boston Uprising this season. They got like pretty far in the playoffs. Didn't they get like eighth or sixth or something? Like they were like pretty up there, you know? I can't remember. Well, they Boston? were pretty competitive, I think. Yeah, Boston, I think. I yeah. think they got like sixth yeah. or something. They went out like in the first round of playoffs. I remember well, you had like and five and six going out. I can't then, remember yeah. when Krusty left. I think Was it after the stage three? After they almost won stage three? Yes. Well, Krusty ended up... Yes. Uh, either leaving or whatever and i remember the rumors at the time of of uh of crusty having to coach his players in private do you remember oh, yes. yes yeah yeah He'd, the rumors that he had to like pull them to one side to coach a lot of yeah his because he wasn't getting along with huck and there was some divide between the western and the korean players yeah, yeah. i mean god yeah. what the hell am i looking at in these team fights by the way opening team fight dia just walks into the hot on the left does nothing the whole time like actually nothing, and they've they're they're running a, a, an Arissa Diva setup now, and they were running free feel on the Bastion, and they're just running they're just walking around with the McCree trying to look for picks, yeah. like individual this, kills. This highlights what we were talking about, I think, when we did the episode with Custer, which was just the concept of Overwatch as a game. When it came out, there was nothing really like it. I mean, Team Fortress 2, I guess, as a comparison, is like a hero shooter. But even then, it wasn't the same because there's so much more influence taking from like the MOBA genre put into Overwatch. 
as opposed to that raw individual skill. And players were still figuring out how to play the game in like a team fight, you know, like a, yeah. like having a, a set plan in mind when you approach a team fight for a win condition, for what to look out for, for how to play your fight and how to play your role inside a composition. There's so much individualism going on all over the place. There like is. Dante's going on like weird flanks being damage boost. Yeah. D is trying to find value going on like, look, look, look but, at this. But Shanghai are not doing anything. They Once they get a pick, they're not using that to push. They're just looking for more picks. They're just trying to win the game by their McCree and their Widowmaker getting kills. The, the tanks yeah. are not timing their aggression with the fact that they get a pick or anything like that. They're just standing around waiting to look for kills. Free feel. I mean, <laughs> oh. what, what is happening here? Roshan's by himself. They go in, get the res. I, I don't even know. I mean... No, I like they're not even playing together like as as duos. Like the tanks are not even playing together. Like right. Shushay and Roshan yeah, I mean, is on the Winston again. Oh my! Yeah, and Roshan. Junker Town, you're now. playing Winston. Good lord! Look at this, Roshan. I mean, four strands. <laughs> yeah. What? I'm not sure how he forced trance. But he's just distracting oh. for undead to get picks. Yeah. Undead gets two, and somehow I still feel like they're going to lose this fight. What? Well, I think Undead killing three of them there should win, I mean, them that that fight. should win them the fight. But but this is part of the reason why Roshan played that style, I think, is because Shanghai just, as a team, didn't understand how to play the game of Overwatch when it's, like, slow-paced at all. They could only play when their tanks sacrificed themselves to make space. They didn't understand mm. how to make space otherwise. And so they just, they just jumped in. And especially when you have Mercy Res, this was actually something that Fraggy did, Pretty successfully. Philly were doing it successfully. Shanghai were doing it very unsuccessfully. But, like, the idea of your main tank just jumping in and getting insta-rezzed um, does create a lot of space that you can capitalize on. I mean, it's a thousand health swing. <laughs> Instantly. 500 yeah. HP deleted. Oh, insta-rezzed. He brought, it, brought Roshan up. Oh, we got another 500 HP to work with. Yeah, but then Altering dies. And Undead is just... I He's mean, just waiting, because, like, he can't do anything. Oh, oh and Baby Bay just tries to challenge him straight up from... he. Baby Bay pushes outside of his own shield to try and challenge Undead <laughs> and ends up losing the 1v1. But Shanghai have already lost players, so they can't actually... They can't push. They don't gain any map mm -hmm. um, space off of that. They just... They just get a pick. It's just a useless kill. I don't know. This version of Overwatch, I can't remember what I thought at the time. I'd like to put myself in the headspace where... Did I... Did, should have kept I, the journal. Yeah, I should have. Yeah. yeah. What did I think about this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Because I think we were pretty remember, low on the shock. I remember my mindset yeah. was very um, individualism focused mm. when looking at the game. I was very much focused on like an individual's performance. And I wasn't yeah. focused on the team aspect of the I game that I think much that's what we were like as well. I remember I remember when we did Contenders, there was so much individualism coming from the Tracers that sometimes it felt like the, the, the decisive factor was just how good their Tracer player was. Oh, yeah. In Contenders season. And that zero. was like for most of the history back then because like Tracer was met off like two years. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like all these great traders, like soon, like they just get away with playing Tracer because she was consistently so good. But I yeah. do agree with you that it was comps were usually in game plans were just built around like one or two players, and then mm -hmm. it was all about how do you set those players up, and if part of that, 
it's just like you're waiting for that one or two player to pop off. Like, how do we facilitate our McCree here? It's like, well, you know, a D.Va can matrix some, Winston can jump in a bit. But like people wait now, they're just way more efficient, like during downtime or like when they're not like the big part of the plan. Like yeah. you just get way more value in other areas of the game that people back then, like here, just aren't thinking about. Yeah, there, there's constantly poking going on and like taking yeah. map space based off the, the like, I don't know, like if you break Nomi's shield and he's forced to duck behind a sight line, actually pushing forwards so that you gain a little bit of space and set yourself up on a favorable position or like threatening a bit of a a, a flank or a distraction. Yeah, it's... It's crazy how much the game has developed, actually. The, the stat that they just showed there was about Dante's rip tires. He, he is just throwing damage into the enemy team. <laughs> and Shanghai are just eating it all, just gobbling it up. It's cool to see Dante's development as a player, but he's he's just always been stranded on, on unsuccessful teams, honestly. He's always yeah. been a top... You know, like a decent level player, decent to top level player, and um, he's been on the San Francisco Shock before they were elite, mm -hmm. and then moved to the Houston Outlaws when they've been very up and down. Uh, it's it's unfortunate. I hope this season is good for him. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, we all have thoughts about that one. <laughs> yeah, we do, but I I still hope it's good for him. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I hope Houston do find success as well, to be honest. Um, I think this also this first map also highlights how much easier it is to play on defense when you play Overwatch. Hmm. Like on a fundamental level, you have to you have to have more of a plan when you're attacking. Hi Matt. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Matt? You have to yeah, you have to have like more coordination to be able to push into areas and my god, they didn't have that. Yeah. You no, know, but I think it's a team specific thing as well. You know, like I always prefer attacking because I get to dictate the pace of the game and like dictate where we position and like where we take team fights and stuff like that because you're the aggressor. But like Shanghai Dragons, they couldn't string that together for, you know, it, it, it was woeful, quite honestly. Like even like Roshan, is it Shushay? 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 Shushay. Yeah, I remember us talking a tons about that in 2018. Um, like, by God, like, they, don't, they, they didn't even use their abilities together. It, yes, it, yeah. I, I was just thinking this, Johnny. I was like, <laughs> God, Horizon Luna Colony. I mean, this is a blast from the past, isn't Holy it? Moly. How long has it been since we saw Horizon Luna Colony in the game? 2018? Wow, that's 2019, a great question. I think. 2019. It wasn't see... in 2020. Yeah, we saw goats on it in 2019. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the concept of, like, comboing together your just standard abilities... Arissa Holt at this point in the game is fucking broken. Like, yeah. it's a busted ability. I was looking up some old 2016 clips of Arissa Holt. I mean, it's absurd. Yeah. But the concept of comboing... Some teams were on that vibe, like, pretty early on. But it was a little bit lost. I'm curious now watching them here. If they're just going to make any attempt to try and combo they're, together okay, with some look, mines. Uh, Nevix isn't even matrixing them up, like, past the corner. Like, pl please, you're playing D.Va here? Just like... Okay, are we going to matrix? I don't know. Because they're taking so much poke to DS is 65%. It looks like they're trying to build Valk. It looks like they're deliberately tanking damage to build Valk. Nevix has been demacked already. 
How? That, oh my god. I don't know. The Shanghai Dragons comp, though, is a good comp for defending Horizon. I remember this being meta at the time. The like Widowmaker Junkrat, it was meta on Anubis, it was mm -hmm. meta on Horizon. You have like the long range threats, and then you have this as well. Are oh, they, they really just. I mean, how is Baby Bay going to charge his ult at all if they don't get in through the choke point? Yeah, I mean, that was the other thing. Like, back here, you used to like, damage boost to Genji to build ult, and then you play around the, uh, the sorry, the, the Dragon Blade. Okay, but so Nevix is... Dia already has Nevix ult. Is split from the rest of the team. He's demacked. <laughs> Are they going to pull uh, to grab these players I swear, together? if he tires the Mercy Valking, I'm, I'm just going to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's just getting raw grenade kills. Dark just but died to the But they got a tick for free. Yeah. Dante just won the point. Yeah, well, that's Zushu. I mean, you have to go and fight that, right? But this was the thing. There was... And, and I remember... Actually, I, I distinctly remember Monty praising teams for doing this as well. And this wasn't because Monty didn't know the game or anything. This is just because it was something that was considered... A good tactic at the time was running like Sombra Tracer comps and then just putting your Sombra and Tracer on the point while the rest of your team was essentially AFK to try and steal ticks. Like that was the, that was part of team strategies on Horizon. Yeah, a big major strategy attention. was actually on Gibraltar, second point. You would all like you'd put a tracer on the payload and force them off the ship, force them off the high ground because they had yeah. to contest the, and then you'd find an opening that way. <laughs> That was like a big major strategy on Gibraltar back then. Yeah. Well, that blade got absolutely no value from uh, Baby Bay. Interesting that he was playing the Genji back then. I can't really remember that. I really thought of him just as being early. a hit scan. But yeah, he. I well, maybe now you're saying why. Genji. I mean, it's all. He gets caught. <laughs> something in the to be trap. impressed by. Okay, he walks into a trap. That, well. And then he got insta-raised, but they lost Dark. God Almighty! It's, it's absurd. To watch. <laughs> just, just even Duck crossing that, crossing that, uh, the, the main choke right there. He just flew by it, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" That, yeah, I mean, the where's the matrix? Where is the matrix? Nevix is using Nevix. the matrix for himself to get in instead of using it for his supports. It is crazy, isn't it? It feels what? What rank do you reckon this would be now? Well, do you think this would still be GM? Uh, or like, no. sorry, I mean still GM. Obviously, pro games are normally way higher than GM. But I don't think this looks like current GM at all. No cap. No. I think this is diamond. I think this might be like a diamond game. Like a, a modern yeah. game. People are going to be... People are going to be... People are going to hate that take. Yeah, they. I so, think that people won't like that take at all, but it feels like, it feels like diamond. I think the game so, might have actually evolved to that level where this... Yeah, this is... Yeah. What do you think, Jonathan? Well, I mean, it's hard to say, but I usually say when people ask me that the big defining factor between Diamond and Masters is just that Masters players usually just have better mechanics. Like, Masters players, they're not much sure. smarter about the game. They don't have much better decision-making. They're usually just, like, playing McCree and Widow and those kind of heroes. They have slightly better mechanics, and, like, it's easier for them to get wins that way. And that is a good but point. Like, these guys do actually have sick mechanics. It's mm -hmm. the decision-making yes. that isn't there. But these guys yeah. these guys actually did, uh, even at the time, like, even if you just ported them into the game right now, the mechanics are still good. Like, Undead is hitting some nasty good shots here. But yeah. it's all of the decision-making and thought process is just That's not where been... the evolution of the game has come yeah if you think about it now like i i know it well because i dropped off the face of the earth when it comes to playing the game and i've recently been trying to get back into it but to 
or even just scratch into diamond. I've had to... Uh... Whenever I played Overwatch in the past, I like to just turn my brain off and shoot things. Yeah. And I'm just like getting by off by the, you know, by the seat of my pants. By, by the, how does it go? Uh, skin of your teeth. Skin of your, seat, of, seat of your pants. What are you trying, what, what phrase are you trying to use? I don't know. Just any one of them. <laughs> but, 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 uh, yeah, like having, I mean, given the fact that I played like almost 500, no, I play, I think I played 500 games last season, this season, I guess season 26. I don't know what, but it's, yeah, to, to, to get into Diamond, you need concepts that are currently lost here, which is like the concept of, I don't know, getting past a choke point effectively, comboing <laughs> a lot of your abilities, um, having some, the, one, having a player designated to like contesting the point, for example, as well. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah, these, yeah. these fundamental concepts that we take for granted these days as like, a, as just a de facto, you need to, you need to know this is how you play the game. Uh, wasn't being thought about at the time. And, and that's that's because players only have a certain amount of bandwidth. Like, you literally can't learn everything there is in Overwatch in the first couple of years. You just can't. Like, that, yeah. it's crazy to expect the players to be gods in the first couple of years. They just... You just don't know how the game works. It's You have to learn from experience, learn from mistakes... Learn from because there's like one player that does something incredibly, and you're like, "Oh shit, that's how you're supposed to play the game." The more I think about it, the more I take back my diamond take actually as well. Uh, it's probably more like masters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, because yeah. I've seen some shit in diamond. I was just, you know, I mean, yeah, diamond is uh, okay, but moronic. Why would he use? Well, his uh, to 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 Sideshow's point, like, how do you think fucking guitar players sounded before they invented certain chords? Like, they had to come up with that shit. <laughs> they had to invent that. Yeah. And it's like, oh my god, if I press my fingers here, it sounds like a really good way. It's like, before then, what, what, what do you think they were doing? Just fucking stringing along this instrument, just hoping music comes up. But you said to Sideshow's point, did you, was that a point you made? <laughs> what? I'm just saying, like, it takes time to get really good at something. <gasps> I remember so this. these guys are inventing Overwatch, just like people had to invent how to play the guitar earlier. Like, do guitar think... players were probably trash for the first three years. They do didn't know the... what they were doing. Do you think the guitar came out before the concept of chords? <laughs> do you think the guitar was invented before chords were thought about? Well, not entirely, <laughs> but specific core. Well, I, I don't know enough not, about the I'm history not, of music, I, but that I, you tickles know, I barely me. passed music, okay? So give me a break here. But, you know, I'm just. How did they lose this? Okay, well, okay, I don't wait care about the science. How but, did they. You know, wait, hold on, they hold on. How did they the lose guitar. this fight? Wait. Oh, they don't. I thought this game was a 4 0. Yeah. I thought it was a 4 0. I well. thought it was a 4 0. It came up on. It, it's listed on Over.GG as a 4-0. Well, we know they don't win overall. They definitely don't win <laughs> overall. I mean, unless we're watching a portal to another Wait, dimension. Is this, is this the wrong game? <laughs> this might be the wrong game, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think it is. I think this is the right game. I think I just got Wait. it wrong when I said it was a 4-0. Stage 1, week 1, day 3. Yeah, that. I mean, it says April 17 on YouTube, but that doesn't sound right. No, I mean, it should be like March the somethingth, but I mean, it doesn't matter it doesn't at this matter. point. We've, we've, it doesn't matter. We've committed to two maps. Yeah, I mean, we'll it's, keep watching this it's, it's Shock, it's Dragons. The, they had the same rosters the entire time anyway, mate. It doesn't make any Wait. difference. If we got it wrong by a month, 
It doesn't matter. Watch the rest of the... In fact, that actually makes it worse because it was a month later down the road. And it, it was still map all over three. the place. What is map three? <laughs> map three, launch it up, baby. What are we looking at? In fact, oh, oh. got ourselves some Ilios, have we? 58 minutes, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. In case you want to watch along at home. Well, it's for Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was being played on Ilios at this point? I think it was... Same shit. Yeah, I think it was Tracer Widow and stuff. I think it was just Dive, wasn't it? With Mercy Zen. Definitely Mercy. Yeah, I mean, Mercy is 100% prevalent at Maybe this point. Maybe a bit of Lucio, why not? Who's that down at the desk? Me and you. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Just chilling. Yeah, it it's the very... same people as in the pre-show we watched like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> it was very cool uh, being involved in like season one of the Overwatch League. Yeah. Because, God, it had so much influence. It was like this car crash of esports culture coming into Hollywood. You know what I mean? Do you get the Hollywood? Do you understand the feeling? I, you don't understand. You don't. You don't relate to this. I don't know what you mean by Hollywood feel. You mean like actual like studio production? The approach and, to the product they were putting out. Oh, was like so Hollywood. It was. It was very television. I've never worked in Hollywood. Yes. but yeah, it was you very. You know what I mean? Television. Like it was like. But I. I mean, I remember speaking to, like producers that we'd had, who aren't working on the Overwatch League anymore. I mean, I think they they left very quickly into the life cycle of the Overwatch League. But you can understand the stereotype of where the Hollywood director comes from. <laughs> yeah, from speaking yeah. to, to, to some of them. Yeah. And, and they didn't understand the game either at the beginning. Yeah, but it was like, it was all very wishy-washy. It was all very much like a feeling with, yeah. with the approach of it. Well, actually, know? talking about the San Francisco shock, we got bollocked by one of the uh, producers really early on because we were saying that the shock didn't look very good at the beginning of the season. I can't remember the exact statements that we made on the desk. And they, they, the, the San Francisco Shock complained about it. And they wanted us to be more positive. They, they were like, I mean, we've bought into a franchise league and your employees are yeah. shit-talking our team that we've just spent a bunch of money on. What the hell? That was early on, wasn't it? That was early. I remember yeah, that. that was in the first cut. In fact, that might have been one of these first few games of the San Francisco Shock when they did look really poor. And we had to navigate all of those issues of being a somewhat independent broadcast that was working also, for a franchise league. Yeah, working for the franchise league. Because normally the broadcast is run independently. Yeah, like if you have a by the NBA. Yeah, you know? if you have a franchise league, normally it's like Fox are doing the or ESPN are doing the broadcast. They're not they're not owned by the same people. Mm -hmm. They can be more objective. Which is wild that we had to thinking about how, what we're like now, it's wild we ever had to navigate that. I mean, thinking about what esports was like at that point. Like people were already this wasn't Overwatch League did not invent esports. People were already mega critical of teams. Yeah. It just yeah. that's what I mean a whole by different the Hollywood dynamic. approach, you know, almost like yeah. it feels like that injection up from the very early on. There was stuff that you'd, we'd had to, there were obstacles that you had to get over that we didn't even, I mean, it's just wild. We, we hadn't approached them in esports. That's what it, what it was, that clash of, of esports coming into contact with massive buy-ins for these franchise leagues, yeah, for yeah. businessmen and people who were getting involved in, in esports for the very first time and navigating that, that kind of space in the Overwatch League in season one. It's it was 
It's crazy, honestly. It was, it was just crazy was to think weird. about, honestly, and look back on. And especially when and we by were the so way, inexperienced. Sh Shock weren't the only team that actually complained about that. So I don't want oh, people to come out and just no, target yeah. Shock. Oh, like, there yeah, were other oh, teams that came out. It was a lot thing. of teams. Yeah, I'm just using them as an example because I can remember yeah. them and we're watching them, but it was a bunch of teams. Like, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. Um, but, you know, and, if you actually think about I so I bought NBA TV. This is so unrelated. So unrelated to the game. But, like, their commentators, actually, they have local stations. So they have, like... Uh, you know, their teams like the Utah Jazz have like their own commentating pair. Like they're obviously so biased because they're commentating on the Utah Jazz yeah, yeah. TV. Like they don't criticize their own team. And I'm like, okay, dude. But we were actually genuinely trying to just like do our job. You know, we because had, we, like, all, and stuff, but. we all, basically what we knew of esports broadcasting, at least for me, what I had been watching before I got into the Overwatch League was a lot of Dota broadcasts, a lot of CS broadcasts. And that was yeah, what I was yeah. into. And they were hypercritical. And yeah, like the, yeah. An the analytics. The, that was a, another whiplash moment for me coming into the Overwatch League. Yeah, was like coming into it with the mindset that I needed to that we were going to do these very long death segments. Yeah, similar to CS, similar to Dota. Going to be talking for a long time, and I get in there and it's like, no, you have thirty seconds to talk <laughs> and make your point. And it's like, move on to the next person, to the next person, to the next person. And that's like again that Hollywood influence coming into. I keep calling it the Hollywood influence because I can't really think of a better word for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was very interesting. This yeah, is... I mean, yet, even to this day, we should probably not talk about this for too long. But even to this day, it's like, if you're an analyst, it's like, oh yeah, we want to get to the game as soon as possible. So, you know, we don't want to spend too much time on you because you're not important. We want to get to the game. Which I understand, but it's just funny that it's like, don't care about me, I'm just here to like, say hello. Yeah, it's I'm the awesome. clown, <laughs> with, I'm the jester. You know? Game is coming soon, stay tuned. <laughs> with hindsight, it's also like, I, I at the time I was a little bit confused, but I also think that esports is behind a little bit when it comes to an analysis segments. Yeah, with, definitely. With, definitely. With broadcasts, like in CS and Doha and other games like that. And I think the Overwatch League, I mean, because they wanted to get into the games quickly, for whatever reason, Forcing the analysis parts to be concise with general viewpoints and things makes for an overall more, I think, accessible product for people getting into it. Yeah, um, it's it's better. Like, what they were trying to do was good. It was just very unusual for us when we first came in. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm not saying, like, the execution was always good either, but the, <laughs> the idea behind it was, uh, was good. Like, having pithier segments and having them be more well-produced, for sure. All right, does I mean, Undead clap cheeks? Oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. No, I, I mean, again, we should probably shouldn't talk about it for too long. But like real sports, they don't even do analysis for halftimes anymore. Like you look at ESPN doing like football or basketball, they're just doing news reporting in the yeah. halftimes because they don't yeah. bother with analysis. So, yeah. you know, I think that's telling and I don't think, you know, people shouldn't be too uh, concerned about it or whatever. But let's watch a... Undead pop off on I mean, I, the Widowmaker. I think people would be interested in it because we've already, I don't know. Like the the obvious comparisons of sport broadcasts to esports is one thing, but every time I watch a sport broadcast, which admittedly is the only time I'm watching a sports broadcast, is probably when it's like the most eyes are on it, so they dumb down all of their segments. Yeah, yeah. But even still, it is like it's mega accessible and watered down. It's like general. It's like a one-line opinion piece about it a player, is, yeah, and then moving is. on to the next guy. You know. Yeah. It, um, it's it's kind of wild. Run to the bathroom. I actually really liked what the shock did in that um, in that opening fight as well. You can see the difference between the two teams just by watching their tanks. Um, Nomi and Nevix have got uh, Roshan is just jumping in here to desperately try and make space. There's no timing involved in it. He's just going in because yeah. he wants to engage. 
Whereas the San Francisco Shock are actually waiting for some level of advantage in the poke and waiting until they have a decent position and then they jump when they can apply a lot of pressure and be able to still stay alive. Yeah. Uh, whereas I mean, Shanghai are just like, they just have a time and then there's no positioning thought. It's just, yeah, we should probably just go now. Let's, let's just go. Press W. Well, I mean, it's one of those Overwatch concepts that is still, like, to this day, uh, not in the Overwatch League, but, like, you know, GM or Top 500 players, like, one big skill in Overwatch is being able to reduce the amount of spam damage you're taking, or, like, poke leading into a fight. And especially here, like, 2018, so many tank players, and I went through this myself included, it's like, didn't understand how to advance positionally, without taking too much damage. Yeah. And so then the basic command was just like to my team, it's like, hey, I can't stay alive if we're like gonna wait around. So let's just dive as soon as possible because otherwise yeah. I'll take poke and I'll die. And it's like, to, to a tank player, you, you kind of feel like, kind of like useless because you're just, like you're just diving in because you're just taking so much damage and you feel like the game is unbalanced or whatever. Yeah. But like now people are just way more efficient in like, encroaching the battlefield and like taking space without taking extra send orbs without being discord whether it's like defense matrix playing angles better body blocking like all of this kind of stuff uh people are just way more efficient and so when people learned how to navigate space in that like an entirely different way engagements just became so much better across the board yeah yeah the the tank i think tank is the area that's improved the most in the Overwatch League, is is that? I I think, no, I agree. Yeah, it's yeah, I think so. Because what do you think, Jonathan? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I would not don't want to take it. I probably agree with you, but I don't want to you know say things too quickly. Like as you said, like the Widowmaker position, it's just you get absolutely destroyed. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's hard to I say. I feel like it's it's almost like um a cascading effect though where. DPS players are coming in mechanically really good. And so they force, obviously, the supports. The supports positioning is one of the most important aspects to fix off the back of that immediately. Because otherwise you're going to get punished more easily. And then, but tanks are just kind of like, yeah. The concept of the evolution of the mindset of a tank. I, I mean, I was in the restroom when you were talking about it. But I assume you're talking about how tanks have got more efficient now at avoiding damage before fights. Yeah. And then yeah. going into fights, setting, up, setting themselves up to succeed. Uh, yeah, it's it'd be fun to actually look at the the difference between them here as well on Numbani, because Numbani is an interesting map. Like you, um, you see the way that Undead and Deer are going to be set up. They're just going to damage boost the Undead to try and do as much damage as they can up top. Uh, and the San Francisco Shock have to. Oh well, actually they have Baby Bay, so maybe they go. Maybe they have. Maybe they send the Pharah around coast, and they try and knock him off the high ground that way. But there's there's normally a lot of battling and juggling for positional advantage here on Numbani. And they've given space for Oh, free. well, no, they've, they've tried to go back in. And that was pretty nice from Nevix as well, you know, knocking Roshan off the high ground when he goes up to try and re-engage. And Nomi gets pounded. I don't know where Nomi was, to be honest. Okay, seems that's like pretty good. That was actually pretty good from Shanghai, though. They, like... They, they ping-ponged their tanks up to the high ground to keep applying pressure to the, the San Francisco Shock. And the, in the meantime, uh, presumably Undead did a shit ton of damage to Roshan. Uh, sorry, did a shit ton of damage to Nomi. Real. Yeah, yeah, I kind of forgot how much Baby Bay played 
flex picks. I think it was early on. Did he not play that later on in the season? No. I just remember him being Hinscan. I can't remember him playing all of this kind of stuff. <laughs> it was three years ago, to be fair. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think it's... it was super early on. What's this Valorant player doing? Shooting rockets. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Are we going to have they... a different understanding analyzing a Valorant play now? Yeah, I know. It's like, wow. Well, he could Very pick different. up the projectile agent if he has to. <laughs> <laughs> They, the, the, one of the issues here, though, for Shanghai is that they've given Shock the high ground. They haven't fought them in the choke. They've, they've given Shock the high ground, and now they keep having to jump up to, like, recontest. Yeah, and I mean, I think the big problem is the Farah, because, like, the Farah puts so much pressure on the high ground. So, yeah. like, uh, an undead is so far away, so he cannot be dealing with a Solier and a Farah at the same time, which forces Shanghai back. I think you just have to, like, combine and prepare your ultimates and... Someone's um, ringing the doorbell. Like don't, know, don't know what that's about, but Bren's gone to investigate. Don't worry. <laughs> he's like we'll doing, he's like doing chores soon. during the recording. <laughs> What's sorry? He's like doing chores during the yeah, course, during the recording. It's just it's crazy. All right. Yeah. So they have Nevix's bomb to be able to engage with here. Now Baby Bay's moved over to. So now they're running Soldier Trace and Mirror. Um. So yeah. the same kind of thing applies. But I like what Shanghai is, is doing there. Like, if they get the nano boost as well, like, just being able to non your tanks on that high ground and force shock away, like, this yeah. is pretty decent rotation. You know, like, I don't think Nubani oh, plays a ball that much, but, okay, that that's unacceptable. Yeah, I that, mean, both of their it. DPS dying to the bomb, including their tracer. How does that happen? No idea. We yeah. didn't see it on the screen. But, I mean, now they've just been pushed off completely. They nano? Yeah, and they don't even nano Roshan to try and re-engage. They nano undead as he's being pressured and Keep can't him alive. contest mm -hmm. the point. The resource sponge. <laughs> undead really was a resource sponge for this team. Yeah. That's, I mean, wow. that's a great example of Roshan not being set up to succeed. <laughs> for sure, yeah, for right sure. There. Like, he just has to jump back in and re-contest. Poor, poor dude. Poor dude. That's why he changed his name to Rubik. Get a clean start. <laughs> Yeah, straight in the witness protection program. So, gonna... okay, so Sh Shock has four line six ultimates here. And Look the tanks that, are already dead for Shanghai. They just like... dove in and died. <laughs> yeah, they're just diving what? in. Like... How did it... I mean, I yeah, this, this fight is silly because people... That's both uh, that's both of the DPS again dying to a diva bomb on, on both sides. It happened like Nevix got both of them and then Shanghai got both of them. But that's, that's another situation where Roshan and Zhushu just jump in to try and make space for their team. They don't slowly yeah. approach the payload using cover. They just use their abilities and dive in. And they're like, right, we're, re we're fighting the payload. Here we go. It's You know, it, it's, it's kind of funny because I think if Shock, like a good team in 2021, like they wouldn't even have used Transcendence or uh, the Primal Rage that Shock did. I think they could have just kept six ultimates because that was such a bad engage from Shanghai. Yeah. But like the fact that Shock even used two ultimates was like, like poor play in and of itself, because that was such a shit dive from uh, Shanghai's tagline. Yeah, but again, it all comes back to like at the time, everyone's everyone's bad, so you have to use your ultimates in that kind of way. Yeah, but I'm just saying like Shanghai actually got rewarded because Shock used two ultimates. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, does Nevix kill two with his Diva Bomb again? Yes. <laughs> Probably, right? <laughs> this is the other thing as well. When players were bad, 
back in 2018, the diva bombs could be used just to secure kills. Whereas now they have to be used as kind of um, zoning techniques to be able to get off resurrects or um, you that, push them to be able to make you diva bomb engage to be able yeah, to make space. That did and happen. That's the, that's the success you have. At the tail end of 2020, uh, 2018. Because I remember right. going yeah. to the London house and talking to the coaches about this concept right. of using the diva bomb. And at the time, it was a novel concept. Yeah, yeah. But I remember speaking to the London coaches just before their playoff run and talking to them about uh, uh, like some of the things that Valiant did well as a team, which mm. was using the diva bomb, not just to try and get kills, but capitalizing off the space it creates yeah. to create openings, to split a team apart, to, to jump on an individual player and win the fight off of that. And yeah. at the time, teams weren't really... I think t teams knew about it, but they, it wasn't drilled, you know? <coughs> sure, yeah, that's, yeah, and that's the uh, other thing. As a player, you can be aware that something is a good concept, but if you haven't set it up with your team, what, you're just going to randomly diva bomb and then call for your team to react yeah. to it in the moment? Like, you, yeah, you need to, you you need to build, build up to discuss it. it beforehand. Yeah. If it's I mean, I remember concept. shot calling in 2017 and being like, hey, if they diva bomb... We all run forwards because, like, okay, well, Sleepy tried to do that. Yeah, but it's like at the time because like sometimes you'd be in teams and like some people would back off and some some people would go forward and you split the team like just like you said. So like back here, <laughs> pe pe oh my god, dude! Oh no! Oh no, Dante! <laughs> That's so funny. Also, the fact that Zushu gets two with his Diva Bomb again, and they both just get rezzed by the Valking Mercy. <laughs> Double insta-rez. This was a... Yeah, this... I mean, we talked about that last time when we had Custer on as well, where this meta held people back. <laughs> wow. I, 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 I wonder how, <clears throat> how differently we would look at Poco Bombs if we looked at him today and were like, were they, was they, were they actually like Big Brain? Or were his opponents just clueless, just walking into his bombs? I think the I think it's a bit of both, though. They were big brain for the time, but they were so new. Like people didn't have bomb lineups like that. That their his opponents just didn't see him coming. And oh they yeah, just for, for his time, them. they were fantastic. Like yeah. he used to say that he sat in custom lobbies and like practiced diva bombs, and he was the first one to do that. So obviously, he was spectacular for his time. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. that that's the kind of reasoning people have when they look back and they're like, oh, these players were so bad. Like, they under didn't understand positioning or, like, how to avoid diva bombs. But, like, for its time, it was, like, it was trend-setting. It was, um, yeah. So, it's just very the, different. Yeah, the general player base would prefer the game to be back in this state. With double mercy res? No way. No, no, no. Not in terms of, like, the balance of the game, but in terms of, like, the level of play. Oh, like the how casual, much more fun casual, it is? You, yeah, because it's like, it, it feels, team fights feel random at times. Just with, yeah. with ultimates going off, like it's very, very big swings of momentum. Whereas the game currently is you get a feel for how a team fight's going off of a very early mistake or... Or just positioning and positioning, you can tell yeah. how it's going to go. I, I don't know. I think that, you know, the thing is, it's such a theoretical question because in order to get that to happen, you'd have to men in black mind wipe everybody that yeah. that watches Val uh, watches Overwatch <laughs> because <laughs> that's going to happen this season. Um, <laughs> because 
Because the player base has gotten better. The general average viewer yeah. knows more about the game now than they did in 2018. In 2018, I mean, you would talk to fans and they, especially because the league was new, they had no clue what they were watching. And now most fans still have no clue what they're watching, but they have more of a clue. Yeah. So yeah. you, you I couldn't... Mean, uh, yeah, I, d I don't mean, uh, I don't want to disrespect our viewers. Because obviously, if you're watching Plat Chat, you're already, you know, several oh. levels ahead of the average person. You're an elite level you, viewer. You know, you've probably got your cranium that's spilling out of your ears at this point, you know, like your, your brain matter. You know, it's probably just right leaking now. Leaking fluids everywhere. Not necessarily leaking, but maybe, maybe coalescing into like some extra wrinkles just right, to process right. what we're saying. But I remember, um, I can't remember why, but I had a week off early in 2018. Yeah. And I remember thinking then, I was like, I went to uh, I went to Guildhall, right? And I was right. just watching the games from Guildhall, which is like, a, a local esports yeah, bar next to the studio in um, Los Angeles, in Burbank at the time. Um, and it was like a gaming bar; they had board games and stuff, but they would also hold like watch parties. And I was like, oh, I get a feel for like what it's like to watch because I won't get an opportunity yeah. to because I'll be I'll be working most other days, right? So I was like, oh, I'll go down and, and just kind of like I don't know, have a drink and uh, and, and watch the games from here instead. And uh, yeah, the general fan consensus, it reminded me of like when you go to a sporting event and someone was like com complaining like, what's he doing? Why is he running the ball there? You know, <laughs> like just just complaining about that. You can tell that this person is a casual watcher and fan of the sport. Yeah. And they're just, they don't know what they're saying, but they feel like they have to say something. Yeah. To, to hold control over it, you know? And it was it was a lot of uh, it was a lot of that, which presumably still goes on. I think that still goes on though, but that's not really exactly what I mean. But like, for example, if the question could similarly be posed of like, if you think this is similar to, um, let's say let's say top open division right now, like let's say we all agreed that the skill level was similar. Um, it wouldn't be for different reasons, but let's just say for the sake of argument that we agreed. Do you think that people would have more fun watching top-level Open Division or Overwatch League currently? I think people would still have more fun watching Overwatch League. But isn't that because of the storylines and the players that we've set up here? Because is there not an argument to be made if you look at college football in America? Where people like watching college oh, football because, because the rules are, are loosened up a little bit and because crazy pop-off moments. The players yeah. have more individuality. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure that players do have more individuality at the open level, though. I mean, maybe, but it's also much messier. Right, and but people like... I, th I think people like college football because they get to see a player pop off. Yeah. And the rules are relaxed a little bit. And yeah. I don't know. Maybe... The, the problem is always marketing those games when it comes to esports because people have this bias that they only want to watch the best. I mean, mm -hmm. I only want to watch the best. I don't know why I'm... But it is a bias. But yeah, I, I don't really... There would have to be some major reason why I would watch. Like, for example, the talent takedown. I mean, that's just moronic. You know, like the level of play is appalling. But there's some kind of storyline there that makes people engage with it. You need some hook. Otherwise, you're just watching it's garbage Overwatch. talk segments. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> it's, it's probably harder to innovate than do something new in current overwatch and i think maybe that brings some of, the, some of it down because like when we saw pine pop off like he did on widowmaker like we hadn't really seen that before True. In overwatch. yeah 2018 had a lot of new moments like 
stuff you'd never seen before. Yeah, and I think that was part of it that contributed. But now, like, we've seen, especially because we're not getting new heroes, we're not getting new maps, and, like, we've seen, like, most of those new things. So unless you get someone like Lip that just, like, comes into the league and just, like, pops off and, like, hits the most ridiculous shots, it's oh, like, wow, that is incredible. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah, I meant Ants. I didn't mean Lip. I meant Ants. Right, right. Um, sorry. Um, <laughs> even then, it's like we've seen a Widowmaker pop off. You know, like he, he's phenomenal, without a doubt, but like you've seen that once. Yeah, I think and it's um, harder, yeah. the the other aspect to that, too, is just um, that the, there are still opportunities in Overwatch for new things to be done. The game hasn't been solved, but some of it relies on the 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 meta being shifted up as well. Like, for example, the double off tank meta that we saw at the end of this year. That was that was new. Like having a main tank play hog was new and crazy and wild um, for for this season. That was fun. Even if you're just a casual viewer, that's that's yeah. you immediately are going to recognize that you've never seen that before. I I think a few people at Guildhall would be like hell yeah, gesture on Roadhog. It's like the best thing ever. You know? Yeah, exactly. I think so. Yeah. Also, huge pulse bomb from Dante there. Kills both of the players in the back line. That is a giga value ult. Here it goes. I feel like if you kill the Mercy, that is the value. Okay, what's going on here? Okay, what? I mean, all right. Sure. That is a weird... I mean, what is going on there? Why are they trying to send all six of their players up top in a clump? I remember... Um, <laughs> my. I remember early on, like, my thought process with this was always as well... Um, if there was, I don't know, my thought process with the prioritization of like Mercy as a target, because that should always be, if you think about like, if you were to weigh on a scale, the, the value you get from each individual hero being played at this point in time, like Mercy's value is drastically over, I think a lot of other heroes. Yeah, it's game. like 2.5 times what yeah, other heroes Because of the res, because, I mean, I, I mean, think I'm mainly for the res, to be honest with you. Uh, is the primary reason because you can just completely undo a yeah. pick. And the ult providing you two reses as well. Mm -hmm. I don't think that was the ult, was it? It was, yeah. Was that the ult? Yeah, the ult gave I you it double res. Always did. What like, do you mean? Uh, I mean, Mercy went through so many changes this early on, I'm probably butchering it with uh, my misremembering it. I mean, but I've, I thought, I've seen them double resing in this game. Yeah, but I thought they. I thought she had double res even when she wasn't in Valkyrie. No! I thought at one point... Johnny, do you remember this? Am I, I smoking or what? I can't remember. I, it, honestly, I've forgotten this meta. Like, it's... <laughs> people talk about I, it a ton. I, I don't remember how wait, it worked. I thought no at some way point, she had double res I without. thought at some point she had double res without. And that was like the compromise when they reworked her from it being like turning it into an ability. I can't like, remember. I still want that. her to be able to res people, but yeah, I th I swear to God. Okay. She had like two charges Maybe. of the res, and it was on a thirty second cooldown or something. I may I might be fan shit. I don't know. You might. Well, she went through so up. many changes to try and like adjust her in this year. In, the, in 2018. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was her Valk, because I'm only ever seeing them get double res off when they when they Valk. Like, Dak just did it then. Okay, maybe it is then. Yeah. Maybe also, is, just yeah. all of the timing of when they want to engage and, like, having a game plan for, we have an enormous advantage in this fight because we have Valkyrie, is more thought through by the Shock. And remember, by the way, guys, that Shock was a bad team at this point. Like, the Shock yeah. was not an elite-level team beating Shanghai right now. They are 
I don't even know, but they must have been like a bottom... Middle of the pack, three. I think. No, they weren't middle of the pack, man. You don't think so? I don't... I, no, they were like bottom three. I think they really? were like a bottom three team. I think it was... It was at the bottom. I think it was Shanghai, then Mayhem, then Dallas, then Shock, maybe? Or like Shock, I, I, then Dallas? Yeah, I can't remember. I think it was... They were they were yeah, down there though. They were down there in the beginning. I thought they were like middle of the pack. I mean, stage two, are... starting from the bottom: Shanghai, Dallas, Florida, Shock. That was stage two. Okay, so they were they were uh, fourth from the bottom, not third. But yeah. yeah. So Dallas were generally worse than Shock. I think. Right, right, right. But there you go. That's the series. Well, there we have it. That just what speaks to Dallas as well. <laughs> what? Sorry. That speaks to Dallas as well. It does, doesn't they it? They were worse than this shock lineup. Yeah, that's it's crazy. But what what credit we should give, and we should keep remembering how well this shock organization changed this around. And it wasn't just yeah. like they didn't have to spend enormous amounts of money and make radical changes. They just slowly, iteratively changed their roster piece by piece. Mm -hmm. They added Moth. Fantastic pickup. They already had Super and Sinatra on the bench. Then they had uh, Choyobin, who's like this big free agent that didn't get signed to Overwatch League at the beginning, yeah. um, who was hanging around in, in the Korean contender scene. They, they just made amazing moves time after time after time. They signed Krusty. Like, this org beasted everybody else in terms of um, making the correct decisions. I mean, they set the... I think they, they paved the way for the... Uh, you know, we, we speak so highly of coaches in Overwatch. I mean, it was because of the Shocks move. Like, I, I think just that spotting of, okay, Krusty's had all this impact with the Boston Uprising. Mm. And then just picking up Krusty and then seeing the impact they managed to get off the back of that one pickup alone. Yeah. Changed the way uh, I think about the game, at least, in terms of the importance of players and the structure around it. Yeah. Which I go on about all the bloody time. Is that your food? Yeah. Okay. That's convenient because we're moving on to the last segment nice. of this episode. We didn't normally do this, oh, actually. Wow. Whenever, we, whenever we do these episodes normally, you can answer that? No. And let it ring? Yep. Proper Zoomer. <laughs> that is <laughs> such a Zoomer. I mean, yeah. Uh, at least message them. Yeah, I'm going to message them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, we don't normally do the, the Brens Player of the Week with with these um, recap episodes, but I figured we were missing out a little bit. And, you know, I, said, I posted a tweet. I've been getting a lot of criticism, both internally and externally, from, uh, from our members of Plat Chat, Corpor Corporated, <laughs> Incorporated, LLC, um, about uh, my Player of the Week award. You know, I've been giving it to inanimate objects. I've been giving it to places, concepts. Um, and, uh, yeah, now we're going to be tailoring it more towards Overwatch. Uh, otherwise... I won't get paid anymore. <laughs> so this week, my player of the week is going to be going to something you mentioned earlier, Josh. It's going to go to Swing Chip. Oh. Actually, for oh. this, little, uh, this little timeline that we saw here of getting the Florida Mayhem guys to Florida. And uh, I thought it was a nice little uh, selection of tweets. We got to saw you know, them arriving at some nice little, uh, I, I guess, <laughs> little quotes as they were coming into the into the country and on their way to <laughs> to florida a couple of people were wondering why they uh ended up flying into atlanta and were driving to florida yeah um it was to essentially because there were no direct flights from um from seoul to or from south korea i should say to uh, florida so 
they figured for the safety of the players um, that they wouldn't put them on two connecting flights, essentially, or multiple collecting flights. And instead, they would drive all the way from Atlanta to Florida. So I figured I'd give it the swing chip, you know? Of course, it's like, I don't know how long of a drive it is from Atlanta to Florida, but it's pretty long. Um, and it was, you know, it was enjoyable at the same time. <laughs> this, this quote is amazing because I can just put myself. I mean, I have been checkmate with in a group of friends where we're in a foreign language yep. and I'm uncomfortable speaking the language, even though I know a, a couple of s sentences. Just say, give me sandwich. <laughs> when I was in Korea, the only phrase I knew was just say, oh. Okay, what does Which that mean? Is uh, please give me, I think. Right, is it like polite? Is it just yeah, I think it's just here. Mm. Yeah, I, and it's like a polite, like please give me. Right, right. But I used it for everything. <laughs> I used it for places. I used it for like when my my where I was staying. I was staying in Itaewon, which is like the foreigner place of Seoul, and I would I would hop in a cab, piss drunk, and be like. Uh, Itaewon Jaseo, please give me Itaewon! <laughs> and the cab driver would just look at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what is this? This, okay. this yeah, foreigner right. just coming in here, just asking for the city of Itaewon. <laughs> just give, him, give it to him. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I relate to that. But yeah, my player of the week is going to be going to Swing Chip here. Um, and I, yeah, I just thought it was quite nice. A little timeline of events of of the entire process. The, the tweeting stopped for a while because uh, Swing Chip was driving. Um, yeah. So couldn't keep up the live tweeting, unfortunately. Honestly, four-hour driving. It, it's, was it's, it four hours? No, no, it, it wasn't. It was longer, I right? think it was way more than that. I don't know how long the entire thing was, though. Oh, it turns out keeping up a live tweet thread when you're driving <laughs> equals skull. That, that was, like The best part is a live th tweet thread with a Pepe in it. Like memeing, straight to memeing on Twitter as you're driving. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is fantastic. Now, to follow up um, to this, my, my other, the other candidate for the player of the week, actually... Uh, this is me, by the way, when I'm in the oh, car. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I have a video, I think, of you in Thailand, of us going... I can't remember where we were going from someplace to, our, to an Airbnb, actually. It was I probably gorgeous. Uh, was it beautiful scenery? Was that no, no, it was just a city. Oh, wow. but you, but it wasn't a long trip, and it wasn't like we had been up all night. <laughs> but you were just out cold <laughs> in the car, and you do this every yeah. time we're in a car trip. Yeah, I do. Wait, whose dog is that? Wait, is that a dog? I think so. What is that? Who's Nimbus? Nimbus? Is that Swing Chip's dog? That's a presumably yeah. That look, I mean, I was going to say a very cute dog. You can't see its face at all, but yeah, I just, just love dogs. It looks like a fluffy, cute dog. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, gets the, gets the A-plus approval. <laughs> I like this discussion about the Genji specialist as I well. didn't read this. I feel like people think I joined the team as a Genji specialist. Yeah, well, you did pull off some insane Dragon Blaster during tryouts. Also, he's been buffed, so he'll be able to frag out. I don't even need those buffs to frag on Genji. <laughs> I like to imagine the checkmate did actually flex and huff smoke out of his nose. <laughs> yeah. 10 minutes away from arriving. I can, if you're seven hours driving and you're just excited to get into a, yeah. a place and sit down, to be honest. So I can understand this. I mean, I can't really relate to the rapping aspect, but uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love this meme. I don't know why. I just love this meme. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. great.
The, um, oh god. The follow up. Um, my the I the player of the week. I would have given it to if I um hadn't been constricted now to only the okay. Overwatch scene. Um, just as a runner up, I figured we should put it up there. I tweeted. I tweeted it. The, my last tweet, I think. Okay. You can't um, be stopped. Wait, so you, you're probing your Twitter at the end of the show. Well, I don't I don't mean to plug it, but that's where I submit. You don't have to... I mean, you can hide my alias if you want. I don't know. I don't need the... I don't need fucking clout. But I just... It's a, it's a cute video of a pig that I wanted to show. Mm, I did see that. There Some people, people were saying that you should have given it to Piggy from oh. Houston Outlaws and then just showed this video. I mean, that's kind of rude. Yeah. Is it rude? I, I mean, know. he's called himself he's called Piggy. Himself Piggy. Yeah, it's only an oh, insult think... if you want it to be an insult. I just thought it was a cute little pig that I saw. It's a very cute little pig. Just going around hmm. in the mud. Yeah. And I just wanted to show people because... I think you guys should get a little piglet for the house that just walks around the set. I think we'd be... We'd get tax breaks if what? we kept... If you keep livestock in Texas, you get <laughs> tax breaks. There's a difference between keeping livestock and having a pet pig in the house. Surely. Pigs are very hygienic. You're watching a pig flop around in the mud in a yard. I know that they're hygienic, but they're not clean. Those are two different things. I don't know. It'd be good to have on the couch, you know, the couch streams. Also, I think people often buy micro pigs and then they just grow into hulking great pot-bellied enormities, don't they? Wait, they're not like small pigs? Just like stay think, forever small? No. I don't think small pigs exist. I think they're just baby pigs. Baby pigs, little piglets. Yeah, I, I, I could I, be wrong with I that. Know. The, the impetus, though, as well for me... I mean, we're going to end this episode at some point. <laughs> but the impetus for me giving my... I think giving my player of the week to news stories was that uh, I think it was at the height of the pandemic and it was just just depressed at home. Mm. I just liked... I liked the good news, you know? Yeah. Feel good news. A little bit of feel good. But it's good to get back on track. Well, we also roots. got some feel good there as well. Yeah, maybe we'll, we got, maybe I'll just add it if I, if I spot something nice, you know? Like the little piglet or something. I don't know. <laughs> Possibly. Anyway, thanks for watching. Episode 77 of Plat Chat Overwatch. This has been a fantastic episode. As you can see, Matt didn't say much as usual. <laughs> and um, yeah, we'll see you guys. Uh, we'll see you guys on the uh, Thursday. Is that when we post the team previews? Yes. Yep. Thursday. Who have we got? See you. Who have we got for him? Seoul, I think. Mm, and then on Saturday, we've got Shanghai. Mm -hmm. Yep. And wow. that's what we've got to look forward to. So we'll see you then. Goodbye.